I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash achieve today. Oh, good morning, everybody, and welcome to Charlton Live, sponsored by the British Institute of Kitchen, Bedroom and Bathroom Installation. My name is Louis Mendes. I hope you guys are well on your Sunday morning. On this week's show, then we'll be looking back at yesterday's one-all draw uh, on the long old trip uh, up to Carlisle United. Joining me uh, to uh, look back at that game, first up, top right, uh, Mr. Nathan Miller. Hey, dear Nathan. Yeah, not bad, mate. Another point on the ball, isn't it? Yeah, exactly. Uh, yeah. yeah, no, another point on the ball, but yeah, doing well, mate. You? Yeah, good. I think I think uh, Mr. Appleton actually used that phrase in uh, his interview with Terrell or something similar. Yeah, I, I, I thought of you as soon as well, I three times. That. Yeah, I, I thought of you as soon as I heard that name. Although obviously I think of you quite a lot anyway, so that's part of the course. Also joining us, bottom of the screen there, who's still somewhere in in the uh, the depths of up north, is uh, Mr. Tom Wallin. How you doing, Tom? Yeah, had to dial in the old uh, internet this morning up here, but I'm on. Yeah. I'm online and uh, yeah, still up here. I, c- I just couldn't do it all in a day. So, uh, yeah, yeah I'm, all good. It, I'm all good. Whippets running around your feet or anything like that? Uh, all of that. Yeah, all of that jazz. Yeah, excellent stuff. So, as I said on this week's show, we'll look back at the draw uh, with Carlisle. We're going to hear the goals uh, shortly. We will, of course, hear uh, from uh, Mr. A- Mr. Appleton as well. We want to hear from you guys as well. Morning to everyone uh, joining you, uh, us in the chat. Uh, all hell let loose saying morning. It's uh, it's crisp out there. It certainly is. I'm, I'm glad we're in the warm this morning. Especially after yesterday, I was freezing. Uh, Keith says morning, uh, fellow addicts. Ian's in there. Paul, Sam's in there. Spam, Fish, uh, Shiny Field, Dudley. And uh, yeah, loads of people joining us uh, this morning. Let us know what you made of yesterday's performance. Any any issues with the team selection that you you want to talk about? Any any performances you were happy with or weren't happy with? Uh, just give us your overall thoughts on that yesterday's game. Uh, later on in the show as well, we've got a guest fan, a man who made the trip up to the north uh, with me, Martin Flynn. Um, he's going to be our guest fan later on in the show. Let us know what he made of yesterday's game, uh, how he sees the season going for the Addicts uh, as well. Um, just before we hear the goals, Tom, it was a long day. Uh, you, you were, the, like I say, you're still up there, so it's an even longer couple of days for you. But um, yeah, sum up your feelings on on yesterday's one-one draw. Uh, I think if I'm being brutally honest, not good enough. Uh, we said on Thursday it's a game that we should be winning if we want to go up, and, and we obviously haven't won it. Um, I think we had enough chances to win it. I think there were times where we played through them nice and easily, got to the edge of the box and either refused to shoot for some reason or, or made the wrong decision. Um, and despite all of that, I think we could easily have lost that game as well. And if we had lost it, it would have just been from our own doing because we made a few sloppy mistakes and let them in a few times. And this is a team that are down near the bottom and don't score many goals. So bit of a story of our season, really, and it, it kind of summed it up. We could easily have won that game 4 or 5 nil if we'd been on our game, but we also could have thrown it away towards the end when they started pushing. So, same old story, dominated the game largely, controlled large parts of it, but then when we didn't control it, we kind of let them in and, and gave them chances. So, 
yeah, frustrating. I thought when we got that goal, I thought we were going to kick on then. I thought the nerves would go a little bit. We'd, we'd calm down and we'd then go on and get two or three more. And obviously, that quickly. And as I say, towards the end, they were pushing and maybe could have got something. Um, so, yeah, disappointing day all round. And, and as I say, a bit of a, a summary of our season so far. And for those people who don't think that we're going to get promoted, that sort of performance is kind of what they're basing that on. And, and I can kind of see why. Yeah. Um, yeah. I mean, I, we'll discuss the potential results return needed between now and the end of the season, maybe later on in the show, because it's getting to that stage now where we're like, oh, crikey, they probably need to win about half our games already. But we'll, we'll talk about that later. Let's have a listen to the goals uh, from Charlton TV. As always, your commentators uh, were Greg Stubbley and Terry Smith. Finds McGrandles. That's the ball. Runner finds May. To May Watson on the overlap. Looks for Watson inside the pounds here. Watson across goal. Black yes, it's there. It's a wonderful move from Charlton. And they take the lead. Through Corey Blackett-Taylor. Outstanding work. Absolutely outstanding on this right-hand side. And when Tanae Watson got that touch from... I thought the touch from Opie May might not be enough on it, but he did superbly well, Tanae Watson, to make the most of it. And get there first. And then the ball back across, Blackett-Taylor. Simple finish in the end, but he had to make the right run. He did exactly that. But just that ball into the feet of Alfie May from Regrandos and I thought the first touch wasn't strong enough but Watson made it his and Blackett Taylor did likewise throw this towards the near post Lebron got something on it might drop down to Gibson and today Watson had to be alert to poke it away almost convincing bit of defending before that by Charlton's Gibson on the ball again today Watson for company Gibson looking to come across to this left hand side a bit more in the second half ball forward oh. ball reach armour Fire deflection ball across, comes the way of Lavelle and he scores! <laughs> Against his former side, Sam Lavelle equalises. The ball deflected nicely to Armour on the left-hand side, he drifted in, found Lavelle. And it's the Carlisle captain. He was not picked up at all on the penalty spot. Through the legs of Jones, Carlisle equalised. Well, I suppose if you were going to put money on anybody scoring <coughs> against us this afternoon, it would have been Sam Lavelle. But uh, the, the way it fell, luckily for Carlisle, in the first instance on this left-hand side, the ball running really kindly into Armour's path. Could have gone anywhere. And he had his time to pick the ball out. Deflected back to Lavelle, who, well, I certainly say couldn't miss, but uh, still had to go through the legs of Jones. So, yeah, that's the highlights of yesterday's game from Charlton TV. Thanks to uh, Greg and Tell for your excellent commentary, as always, and to Glove Pups sorting out the recording for us. Um, Nathan, I mean, it's about time I got my comeuppance, and obviously Sam Lavelle scoring against us <laughs> is exactly what I deserved. Um, the, the game overall, it's, it's frustrating. I mean, how, how often do we over the last couple of years, go through go through games like this and we think, yeah, this probably shows a little bit what we're about, you know, like we, if, if we're ruthless, and, and again, I'll put this to Michael later on in, in the show, then then maybe we, that that that's, might be part of the difference, but but at times we're not and, and we let sides back into games when, when we shouldn't have. Yeah, exactly. I think, um, obviously, I don't want to be like a, like a dinosaur or whatever in sad old fashion and say it's, you know, and come up with cliches, but the game is literally fine margins. And 
yesterday, I think, proved that. Um, they didn't really, again, for an away game, there's not many away games you're going to have and you'd be that comfortable. Um, it was obviously what they were trying to do in terms of just sitting sitting deep and trying to put us, you know, and catch us on the break. Um, and, you know, elapsing concentration, you know, as Michael says at the end of the game, it's, it's cost us two points. And throughout this season, we've been quite prolific in front of goal. And again, if you don't take your chances, you're always going to run a whisk, run, run a whisk run the risk rather of uh, something coming biting you in the backside and the, the ruthless point you made there. If you look at someone like Bolton, whose yesterday result is someone who is completely ruthless. Um, and that's the, they're, they're the high margins and that's the difference between us and a Bolton. You know, we sometimes we, we lack concentration in our defensive third going forward. You you'd usually put us more than, uh, you know, score more than one goal. But the fact of the matter is at the moment, the bet that we'd do at the moment would be to both teams to score in any Charlton game because that's seen what's, what's going to happen and that's what our Achilles heel is. And I think that's probably what Michael knows coming into the, to the January window. But one win away from home and we're nearly at the turn of the, you know, turn of the 2023, that it says what all you've got to say. Um, but so it's disappointing and they're, they're the games you should be winning. You know, they've, they've got a worse, like worse form record than, likes of Cheltenham we've got coming up. We've actually picked up a couple of wins. So, yeah, disappointing overall that we just wasn't ruthless enough in that final third and win the games that you should be winning. Yeah, I mean, you, you make the good point about the away form. Um, Stuart Court has uh, given us the, the facts and the stats, as he always does, says away from home league form uh, points from the 1st of January to the end of last season. We've got six wins from 12, 20 points this season so far. We've got one win uh, from eight, uh, just, just seven points on, on the road. I mean, it was a similar story this time last year. We only won one away game in, in the whole of the the part of the season that was in 2022. And that was the game away at Shrewsbury before then going to win at Portsmouth on on uh, New Year's Day. Well, why why is it that we can be ruthless at home? You know, and, and uh, I've used the examples of the Reading game where we scored four in the second half, Tom, or the Exeter game where we, we put them to bed with, with four goals as well. Yeah, Wickham, we, we killed them off with three, three goals, I think, at least two of which were in the second half. Why? Why can't we do that on the road? Is is does, I don't know. Is is there? A, is is it a character thing? You know, because we thought at times we've seen a bit of character this season coming from behind, which we hadn't seen in 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 different spells. But we can't seem to do our, our best on on the road, and I can't really put my finger on why. I'm not really sure I can. It yesterday in particular, uh, and I know that first half they were obviously Charlton were attacking the end opposite to ours so uh it was obviously difficult to tell for sure but it kept looking like there were players in positions where they could take a shot and not a not a sort of one or two out of ten chance a pretty decent pretty decent opportunity and they weren't uh, and you might be able to tell me different I know you're a little bit further down the stand but it looked like there were opportunities to have a pretty clear shot of goal and they weren't they were just hesitating so hesitating and, and passing it around and a bit like Arsenal used to be trying to find the, the perfect spot to have a shot and you can't do that when you're away from home. I know we had, what, 22 shots or something, but usually you don't get a lot of chances away from home. So you've got to be ruthless and you've got to take the ones you get. And if you are getting 22 shots, you've got to, more than one's got to be going in the back of the net. So, yeah, I don't know. I think we talked about some of the the away games a few pods ago and I was saying, look, the, the Peterborough game away, we actually played pretty well, could have got more from. Wigan, obviously, we won. Oxford had that caveat of Dean knowing he was probably going to lose his job. So there were circumstances around some of those, but yesterday in particular as I say we controlled large parts of that game we had different tactics at different times we were going long a few times which was working effectively we were cutting through them effectively but then we were getting to the edge of the box and 
and then it was all going wrong from there. Um, even Alfie May, you know, there were a couple of times when he was playing wide right, he was going too far wide and, and then having to cut back or trying to fire it across. Normally at home, he cuts inside and hits it or, or he just gets it and hits it straight away. And too many touches, too much hesitation. It was that. And I, the problem is I don't know why that happens away from home because, as you say, it doesn't. Think of it, a couple of goals Miles has scored at home where he's just taken a touch, blasted it. He looked a little bit isolated yesterday and, and struggled, I thought. Um, uh, Conor McGrandles was making some great forward runs and we weren't finding him. There were all these things happening. It just wasn't quite clicking. So I can't put my finger on it. Luckily, I'm not the man who's paid to do that. But it's the sort of thing where if we did click, that's the sort of game we would have put away quite comfortably. I just worry now we're at that stage of the season with you talking about the points we need between now and the end that it might be late. You know, it's still possible, but... That's the sort of game, you know, we're going to look back on if we don't go go up and just go, that's the sort of game we should have got more points from. So, yeah, that's why I go back to what I said in my first answer. Just a, a really frustrating day because that game was there for the taking and we haven't done it. Yeah, I mean, you obviously mentioned Alfie May there. I thought he, he wasn't quite his normal self yesterday. He still played a part in the goal, held it up well for uh, Tanae Watson on the overlap. And it was really good work from Tanae and, and obviously across and Blackett Taylor arriving at the back post, which is exactly what you want to see. Uh, from him. Ian's asking in the chat, all the balls that the keeper spilled, if Alfie was playing number nine, would, would have had a tap in. Uh, again, I think Michael referenced that in his interview with Terry. Um, we've all, It's always been interesting when Alfie's played in these different roles now because he's been fine. Like He's still got 15 goals, but obviously the one time where, where it would have been better if he was in the middle, I guess it, it does ask the question, should, 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 he, should, should we be playing into his biggest strengths or does it not matter because he does provide other uh, other options out wide when, when when he's put there well i mean firstly i'm not really happy with alfie because alfie let me down 190 quid yesterday but i'll talk about something at another point in time um but i mean yeah i know it's that big conversation all year whether he's playing through centrally and, and on the ride white uh, ride white right rather or it's a 10 or whatever but i think he can play there i think the key is, is putting patterns in playing where we can drift in and come close to two miles. I think if miles is too isolated up front, he can't affect the game, um, which, you know, he's still learning. I mean, there, there, were, there were moments in that in that half, the first half, where, um, you know, where Alfie was trying to get closer and he, he could, you know, he couldn't get onto any balls. There's an argument that you can have that he could have, you know, maybe picked one of those spillages up from the keeper. But, I mean, it's everything's great in hindsight, but it's a valid point. I think the, the the thing that was frustrating me yesterday was the amount of looped balls into an eighteen foot eight goalie or where it was. Do you know what I mean? He was just so frustrating because he was never going to do anything. So everything was shot low. He spilled, um, and it's just that gambling from not only Alfie but anyone. Um, and the one moment we we came in and drilled it low, we ended up scoring. So um, I'm not too fussed about Alfie. Um, apart from obviously he let me down yesterday, um, I just think it's about getting him in the right positions. And if, if I mean, if he does play through the centre, he's going to get marked. Whereas if he comes from deep and people, like we did, when we defended their goal, we all rushed to the goal line instead of defending the space. That's what Alfie can do. So I'm not too worried. Um, I just think really think yesterday was one of those days and one of those really frustrating days that, you know, it's going to happen at some point. It's just disappointing when it does. Yeah, uh, in the, particularly in the first half, we looked re pretty comfortable really at the back. But I mean, all hell let loose. You're saying has uh, Hector turned into la uh, into this season's Innis? There was at least one error in there per game, and, and yeah, Heck, who seemed like fairly comfortable all of a sudden, the second he had any time on the ball, obviously dilly dallied and gave away that chance that I think it was Gibson who, who was good for them took over and 
Um, Ashley made a save at his near post. I mean, that, that's that's part of the problem. Like, it's it's very strange that we're sort of the problem this week. I think was more that we didn't really make the most of our chances or or, or getting into good areas. But because of that, we are still susceptible to the fact that even when we're having a a more comfortable game defensively, we can still give away chances. And then, like you say, the I mean, the goal, um, Tom. <laughs> that that amount of space in in the six yard box, whether it's Sam Lavelle or a striker, you know, it shouldn't it shouldn't be happening for anyone. Um, and you know, he, he had time to take a touch and and, and finish it, as uh, Spamfish was saying as well. Um, how many former players score on their return against us? It must be staggering. So many ex players seem to be extra motivated when playing against us. I mean, like I say, it's very much a slap in the face to me, um, who, who obviously. Uh, did uh, you know? I, I thought um, Sam struggled during his time at, at the Valley, and uh, yeah, that served me right, really, didn't it? It's a very diplomatic way of putting it. Um, yeah, and at the time, obviously, I was furious, but looking back, it's quite funny that he scored. Uh, but uh, yeah, I think look, if he's not an ex-player for Charlton, and I'm a Charlton player, I'm looking at him and thinking, "Now you have as much space as you want, mate. You're not going to score because it's Sam Lavelle." But uh, yeah, ex-Charlton player, he probably is going to. So. Um, yeah, it was exactly as you say, just generally about the game. I think, as I said earlier, we controlled large parts or dictated the game for large spells. And yet, when we didn't dictate it, it wasn't like they just had a bit of possession. It was we gave something away and did something stupid and they almost got but As you say, it happened a couple of times in the first half towards the end. And then in that second half again, you know, their chances were just coming from from stupid mistakes. Um and uh, whilst you've got a defence and even a midfield, because they weren't, uh, they were culpable a little bit as well. You know, players all over the pitch were, were making those errors. Then you're always putting yourself at risk. Uh, uh, and as Nafe says, then you're going to need to score two goals at least to win a game. And I think we've said that a few times this season as well. So, yeah, just uh, you could it just it felt like it was coming. As I say, I thought when we scored, we were going to settle down. We were going to grab a couple of others and it was just going to be a, a pretty routine win. Um, and we'd be say, you know, singing, waking up this morning, feeling fine and all that. And we'd all be be happy. But three or four minutes after the goal, they really started to push. I know there was the whole new ownership and they were there not playing guitar and not scoring headers on videos at the training ground and all that sort of stuff. But the new owners were there. They, they were up before the game. But then during the game, I think they knew they were up against it as well. Um, oh, you've got your flag. Nice. Excellent. Uh, so I don't even think that really counted for them that much. I don't think the atmosphere was there during the game. So I don't think there's any excuse for it other than uh, maybe we thought the job was done. I don't know. Whereas if we kicked on, I think we would have got another one or two and, and won that game quite comfortably. So, yeah, like you, I didn't think Sam Lavelle did well for us. Um, obviously, he he's doing better there, although I think that's his first goal for them as well. Um, but, yeah, you just, whoever they are, as you say, you just can't give them that much space. And it was... Uh, a very simple goal for him to score. And as I say, they then kicked on, got a bit of momentum and could have even won it in the end, which would have been an absolute travesty. Yeah. Um, I'm, we, we were still the, the side more likely, but like I say, it's about not really turning the screw when, when we had the opportunity uh, to yesterday. Um, Sam Cutts put in, in the chat and then he said, we always seem to struggle against sides in the bottom half. This has been the case for a number of years. But I mean, really this season, it, it hasn't massively been, been the case. We, before yesterday, we'd taken the 16 points from a possible 21 from sides in in the bottom half at the start of yesterday's game. So obviously it's now 17 from 24. We, we, we tend to be putting these 
bottom half sides away, although more more so at home. It's it's the top half sides where we've only taken six from a, a possible twenty seven where, where we where we clearly have struggled. And then again, I always say that probably shows us sort of how we balance up against some of the other sides in 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 the division. Nath, um, I mean a, a, a conversation point that Ian put in the in the chat earlier on said, uh, "How is uh, Louis Watson not starting uh, in midfield? It, it baffles me. I mean, there's, cert- there's certainly now a." A sort of a vying for position between Fraser and, and Watson because they're the two that seem to come in and go out for each other. They're, they're the two that, 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 that seem to change for each other. Um, and, and again, I asked Michael about that in the chat, which we'll hear shortly. But what what if you had to, Nave, who would you pick? Is, is it is it horses for courses when you go to a different type of away game as well? Is, is uh, I mean, Scott... If we're in a game where we're going to be on the ball a lot, on, on paper, Scott Fraser's got that, that killer pass in him, but does he do it enough? I mean, his set pieces yesterday were, were off the boil. You know, they kept sending it right up to the beanpole goalkeeper. Yeah, no, exactly. I, I mean, I'll I tell you what, I've been impressed of um, Conor McGrandall. I'll, I'll put a caveat to that, that, you know, the teams that he were facing weren't Real Madrid. I'll put that in there. Um, but I think, yeah, I get, I get the argument about Louis. I think Louis is one of those players. I think Louis will start instead of Connor on Tuesday, without a shadow of a doubt. I think if someone's playing with a low block at home, Louis is one of those players where you're going to get more of a free roll and he can roam around the pitch a bit more to try and find the space. Whereas I think Connor away from home, even though Carlisle weren't going to come at us, having that sort of solidity and that that sort of platform to build on, I can understand why Michael went for Connor. Um, and from you know what I see, I didn't think Connor had a bad game. I thought he's, he gets around the pitch fairly well. So I get the argument why, because he's very effective, Louis. But I, it wouldn't surprise me if he starts on on Tuesday. But wh- who would I start? I, I I think it depends on games. I mean, if you look yeah. at if you they have a big team, uh, Carlisle. So you want to try and average up the the height a little bit instead of it, because I know Louis is quite slight. Maybe that was one of the decisions that Michael went with. I don't know. But I think every game will have different aspects and different attributes needed. Yeah, I mean, do, do you think, Nave, then just back on that, that Fraser and, and Louis can play in the same team then? Because obviously th- those are the two that keep swapping over. But obviously they have different attributes for different games. So but that seems to be the decision that, that Michael finds himself making each game. Is it which one of those two is it going to be? And then Connor was obviously came into the side as well this week. Yeah, yeah, potentially. I, th- I think it's a bit of an odd one, really, because I know Fraser, I think Fraser's a little bit wasted deeper, but I don't see him as an, it's a weird one because I'm going to contradict myself here. I think he's wasted deeper, but I don't think he's a natural 10. Um, so I don't really know. He's a bit of a roamer as well, but I think Louis gives us a little bit more agility and a little bit more of pace and direction. Um, so it would, that would make sense. That will be one or the other out of those two. But then again, we do need an, a, another, a, you know, someone who's going to get, double figures in goals and assists and I don't think either of those are going to get those I know Fraser had a had a had a good sort of season last season um but yeah I'd, I'd concur with that that it's either Louis or Fraser um the way look I think that might you know Michael's going to play yeah we had uh Rachel uh tweeted in the same question uh as well um we, we had a question earlier as well about about Chem Campbell still not featuring not even on the bench uh, yesterday, uh, that's from Stefan on, on Twitter. Um, I mean, we did. We've asked Michael about it. I mean, it's quite clear he's just not in, not, not in his plans, isn't it? It's it's a weird one, but it's one of those where we, we feel like we've seen him okay in, in 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 a couple of games, but obviously we don't see him every week in training. And and Michael's obviously decided he, he's clearly not 
part part of what he wants to do. I mean, it's a very strange one though because he looked all right when when he's played. He's, he looked okay at times. Yeah, I don't I don't think we've seen enough of him to judge. But exactly as you say, I think what you see on the training ground probably gives you a clearer idea. You take someone like McGrandles, who obviously comes with that that kudos, if you like, of having played under him before. So he's probably been trying to find a way to get him in. Um, and I think he's done it pretty gently. And, and to be fair, now Connor has got his chance. I, I, again, I think he played all right yesterday. Said he made some great runs. He looked pretty good on the ball. I think there's an argument that that, that, that one's totally acceptable to bring him in. Um I agree with with what Nate said and with what the comments were, though. Louis Watson should have come on far, far earlier, simply because we were looking leggy in midfield and also because May wasn't that effective out wide. So I was glad he made the switch where he put Campbell out wide and moved May in because I thought that was the right call. But it should have been Louis Watson on way earlier than it was. Um, so, yeah, and with Chem Campbell, as you say, there's uh, how many players have I just mentioned there without even mentioning Chem when that was about the question? It shows the, the sort of amount of players we've got. And you look at, you look at the wide places, Tyrese and, and Corey, I'm about to say pretty much undroppable, but obviously Tyrese didn't play yesterday. But then you've got May that plays out there as well. You've got Tedich, who I don't think does well out there, but had been out there as well. And then um, that midfield, you've got Watson, Dobbo, Fraser, uh, McGrandles, Alfie May, when he plays in that sort of 10. You've got five players there as well, who arguably have had more minutes and haven't really done enough to get dropped. So... Yeah, it's it's just one of those things. I'm sure if we have a little bit of an injury crisis, then then it's somebody who can come in. I think this is probably up to this this point and touch wood. It's probably the least amount of significant injuries we've had at this stage in the season. Really, you know, the last few years we get towards this sort of period. I remember that game up at Swansea away. Was it just after ESI or over had taken over? And we had about eight youth players playing. So we get to this stage of the season and we've struggled in the past. And I know we've got a couple of big players out, but not as much as we have had, considering the squad is still not massive. So it might he might just be a victim of that. Um, if he gets his head down and trains hard, then maybe he will get his opportunity as games sort of pick up through the winter and injuries no doubt will pick up as the weather gets colder and stuff. So, yeah, it's uh, I don't think we've seen enough where I'm clambering at him to get in the side. But at the same time, what I have seen, I think he's, he is an option. So I'm surprised he hasn't had at least some opportunities off the bench. But uh yeah, again, going back to my answer earlier, I'm not the one who has to make these decisions, luckily. Yeah, uh, Dudley uh, said he thinks that Louis Watson should be uh, in front of the Scottish uh, Perlow. All hell let loose, says uh, Alfie May is by far our best number 10 uh, at the club. Paul reckons that Louis is more dynamic and moves the ball uh, far quicker. Um, we were talking about whether we struggle against size in the top half or the bottom half uh, earlier. Michael says uh, we just struggle end off. <laughs> uh, Danny tweeted, uh, time for Tedich to have a go. Um, what, you, what have you made of Miles Leeburn over the last few weeks, Nathan? I was actually, I, I, I do ask um, Michael Appleton about Miles' recent showing, just because I noticed he's picked up a bit of conversation, you know, and um, uh, his goal record recently is actually worse than I realised. I thought, because he scored against Cray Valley, I thought, you know, he's chipping in with one or two here, but I think that's one in eight for him now, which is unusually quiet for, for Miles. I mean, it's, would, would, would you be dropping... Definitely listen, when we do the interview, listen to what um, Michael says about up in effort in home game, which I thought was quite interesting. But yeah, what have you made of Miles recently? And would you give Ted it should go ahead of him? Um, but I got, on, on terms of the second point, no. In terms of Ted, it's just... I, I've not really seen what Tedich has done. It just seems like he's just more... It, it just looks, he looks like a Serbian Jaden Stockley for me, a little bit. Um... He don't really, he don't go in behind, he don't go in the channels, you know, he drops deep, like, 
he's not got pace for me. What I've seen, I could be wrong. So yeah, I don't really see what he offers. So I can't really say, oh yeah, let's put him in. Like I've literally not sold him. Um, but in terms of Miles, Miles looks like um, sometimes I I don't want to be too critical because he's been unbelievable for us so far. I just think sometimes he need for his height. I think he should be a little bit more physical than he actually is. Um, but that, but then the other point of that with his feet, he had some nice touches yesterday, like he always does. But um, yeah, I, I didn't know his, his goal record. I just think he's still very young. Like, what is this? His second season, so he's still learning, and he's still. I don't think he's that player that you re- hang your hat on every game to get ten, fifteen every season because he's still growing probably in, in his body. So, in terms of changing it up, you can't. For me, the only way you're going to change it up is if you put Alfie through the middle. And, and we got, you know, we were talking about Chem earlier. The problem with Chem is he ain't going to replace Corey. So the only place he's going to come in is on the right. And if you're playing Miles, you ain't going to, you could probably put May in a 10, but then you're going to have what Dobbo and Louis or Scotty, which we've done that before. And when teams come on to us, like we did against Bolton, Dobbo was on his own. So you've got to try and strike that balance uh, to, to try and fit all these players in. But I don't think Miles has done anything to be dropped per se, um, but I think that's mainly because he, we haven't really got good enough competition to to sort of drop him unless you put Alfie through the middle. Um, but yeah, I still think he's learning. I'm, you know, he's still got he's still got a long way to go, and he knows that. I don't think he's anything's wrong with him. I just think he's just trying to get you know grow into his body, and also we got to try and play around him a little bit more. There are some times I've seen, even last season, that he was so isolated and we'll try and go for that that little bit more direct. And if it doesn't stick, or even if it does, he ain't got people around him to, to pick up the pieces. So I think it's just an element of a couple of things, to be honest, mate. Yeah, all hell let loose. I'm not sure Miles likes playing uh, as a lone striker and Keith. Uh, adds uh, he's being used like his dad was at the moment. It restricts him uh, a bit, I think. And yeah, we'll hear what Michael says about that now because we're going to listen to my interview uh, with Michael Appleton after yesterday's one-all draw uh, up at Carlisle. This is what the Addicts boss had to say. Here at Carlisle, do you see that as two points dropped today? Well, it is, yeah. Um, but only because of how well we played uh, at times. Um, Especially, I suppose, in the second half, we were a hell of a lot more of a threat in the final third in the second half, albeit, you know, in that first half, we had some decent opportunities. Um, but, yeah, listen, we've conceded a goal which has ultimately made us all frustrated uh, and everyone will concentrate on that goal that we conceded. But for me, it should be more looking at the opportunities that we sort of wasted and give up. Um, there was opportunities today where... We got in great positions, overloads, 3v2s, 2v1s, and didn't do enough with the ball. Yeah, that felt like the story of the game, particularly in the first half. You got into good good zones, but just, it hasn't really been the way your team have played this year, not being able to get goals. No, exactly. Yeah, that's that's the, like I say, the real frustration uh, of today. Um, I did think we were value or should have been value, you know, going into the game where we could score goals today. Um, but, you know, let's say one or two players had an off day, and that can happen. and the good thing is we, we go again in you know less than 72 hours yeah I mean just saying to, to tell him is it that sort of the difference between Charlton and, and the, the side sort of at the top of the league showing that bit of a killer instinct on a, on a day like today I think it is yep I think it is and the players know that they're aware of that we've made them aware of that um, if we do want to sort of compete with those sides and be, be more consistent we have to recognise when we've got a team on the ropes and a lot of that Sort of a lot of them occasions can be when you've scored and, and um, 
when we scored today, that was the opportunity to go and get two or three, and we didn't take it. Yeah, you mentioned the goal conceded. I guess when is it a case that when a centre half pops up in a, in a forward position, sometimes you're almost not expecting him to be there, and, and he didn't get picked up. Yeah, a little bit. I mean, obviously, it come from the long throw initially, and um, we dealt with that fine, okay. And then obviously, when the ball popped back out to the left hand side or their left hand side, there was a little bit of lapse in concentration. Who was dealing with the runner and. Um, yeah, obviously, when the ball comes into the middle of the box, you know, you wouldn't really expect Lavelle to be there. Um, having said that, we had a lot of numbers in the box as well, so I think, sort of looking back, I still think we could have done better. You um, mentioned the travelling support as well. Obviously, it's a very long day for them, mm. and I guess you'd be pleased that they made this journey today. Yeah, I mean, obviously, they, got, they were brilliant. They got behind the, the players, obviously, especially in that second half as well. And, um, you know, I suppose that... that one of the positives was that obviously the goal come at that end and they got an opportunity to celebrate. Yes, we want more and yes, we probably could have and should have had more. But um, yeah, you never know. Sometimes you can look back at these occasions and you know it might end up being a good point. And do you know what? If we do the business on Tuesday, um, I know Cheltenham have got a great result today against, uh, against Oxford. But if we can sort of do the business and take care of Cheltenham this ends up being a decent point we made a couple of changes today one of them is obviously quite an interesting battle in the midfield between Scott Fraser and Louis Watson I mean, how, how do you sort of decide who gets the nod what, what different aspects do they bring to the game for games like today it was more experience today you know I knew it was going to be a difficult occasion obviously with the new ownership obviously they come in the thousands today the Carlisle fans a lot more than what's happened previously so we knew we'd have to deal with that I thought Scott he was good to be fair um you know, and all of a sudden he's you know starting to find a bit of form, and um, you know he's popping up in goal-scoring positions that we want him to. Um, so it's a good battle between them two, and it, long may it continue. What have you made of Miles Lieburn over the last few weeks? Um, it's a player that fans are sort of noticed a little bit, but he's still chipping in with the odd goal here and there. What have you made of his performances? Recently? No, listen, he, he, he's been all right, Miles. He's obviously got a lot of responsibility on his shoulders now. We've obviously chucked sort of being out of the group and. You know, there's there's occasions when we can play with Alfie as a nine, but if we do that, you've got to be careful not to isolate him because of his lack of sort of physical prowess. Um, so there's a lot of responsibility on his shoulders. He's only a young kid. He will improve. He will get better. Um, games like today will be good for him and important for him. And um, you know, the good thing about some of those young players is, you know, when we do play at home, um, they always. You know, find a way of giving an extra five, ten percent, maybe because obviously the, the, the support and the uh, homegrown, and uh, you know, I'd say hopefully that'll be the case. And as you say, it's a quick turnaround to Tuesday, a chance for Charlton perhaps to try and show a bit of a ruthless side now against a, a side struggling in League One. Well, they were until today. <laughs> yeah. Um, no. Yeah. Exactly. No. I, the reality is, is that they haven't won that many games of football, and obviously that's since Daryl's gone in to be faced and a great job there, and uh, you know sort of picked him up and given him a new lease of life and a different spirit and obviously that must have been proven today obviously beating beating Oxford the way they have done so uh, we'll be mindful of that um, but at the same time you know recognise that some of our qualities are and hopefully that'll be uh, good enough on the night Thinking about a new kitchen or bathroom? Find professional independent local installers with free home surveys itemised quotes and protected payments trading standards approved contracts and workmanship warranties. The British Institute of Kitchen, Bedroom, Bathroom Installations accredits installers to ensure they are police-checked, fully insured and experienced. Take the risk out of home improvement. Visit bikbbi.org.uk Hello fellow addicts. I'm so excited to tell you all about our micropub, The River Owl House. 
The River Ale House is based in East Greenwich. It has six Pub of the Year awards, an ever-changing selection of amazing beer. It's owned by Charlton fans, walkable to the ground in just 20 minutes with buses that go direct to the Valley too. If your match day routine includes a drink with your friends, you must join your fellow addicts in the river. See you soon. A lot can happen in the next three years. Like a chatbot may be your new best friend. But what won't change? Needing health insurance. United Healthcare Tri-Term Medical Plans are available for these changing times. Underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, they offer budget-friendly, flexible coverage for people who are in between jobs or missed open enrollment. The plans last nearly three years in some states, with access to a nationwide network of doctors and hospitals. So for whatever tomorrow brings, United Healthcare Tri-Term Medical Plans may be for you. Learn more at UH1.com. Millions of people have lost weight with personalized plans from Noom, like Evan, who can't stand salads and still lost 50 pounds. Salads generally for most people are the easy button, right? For me, that wasn't an option. I never really was a salad guy. That's just not who I am. But Noom worked for me. Get your personalized plan today at Noom.com. Real Noom user compensated to provide their story. In four weeks, the typical Noom user can expect to lose one to two pounds per week. Individual results may vary. Right, welcome back to Charlton Live. I hope you guys are enjoying the show um, on your Sunday morning. Just before the break there, we heard from the Addicts boss, Michael Appleton, after yesterday's one-all draw. I mean, I've asked him on various uh, items, but yeah, about the, the Miles Lieburn stuff. I mean, Sam saying, uh, I think with Miles following his injuries, he seems to worry uh, that they could return. Dudley would like to see Miles show a bit more anger uh, on the pitch, maybe like his dad did at the Battle of the Bridge that time. Um, uh, Bradley saying, I think, uh, oh, I th- I think Lieburn... Uh, doesn't do enough playing like he's already made it and Chelsea here I come um uh, and then uh all hell let loose and uh, we would have won that game if they were Chooks on the bench yeah which, which is probably too I really wish uh uh re- really wish he was available because he, he would have made such a difference and then Bradley also saying um uh only other issue is we keep doing uh, which was what what Jacko was doing um playing the same formation playing two up top wouldn't go amiss uh, sometimes I mean, obviously we, we've had some success with with the formation we've been playing under Michael, whether it be a, a four three three or a four two three one. Naif, um, is that something you'd like to see change at any point? He's obviously trying to stamp his style on the on the team. Uh, yeah, I think I, think, I suppose we've talked about formations loads of times. I think when we play Alfie as a ten, and obviously you know miles beyond him. It more or less is a four four two anyway with the ball because he'll go central and you have your two high wingers and it is a four four two. But I mean, is Corey suited to play in a flat four with a lot more responsibility? I think you'll, there's many games this year where you'll probably see him just stay high and wide and he might get involved every now and again. But but yeah, I don't think there's any there's anything wrong with trying to change it up, especially I think at home against teams that are so called struggling. Even though Cheltenham are sixth in the last six foot in full, um, which is weird, which I never knew. Um, but yeah, it may, maybe changes it up for, for Tuesday to try and get that ruthless streak in us. I think if you, if you, if they're going to sit behind the ball and you just go, right, you're going to have Alfie and Miles through the middle, you know, and then Tyrese or Chairman Corey on the other side with two central midfielders, then yeah, that's very, very, you know, uh, positive in terms of your play. But then it's the transition of when you lose the ball, how that's going to, affect you, you know, if you've got Scott Fraser and Dobbo or does he go with Connor and Dobbo or whatever. But yeah, there's no there's no harm in trying four four two, but obviously Michael Lavi's way and obviously more qualified than me to decide how to structure the team. Yeah. Right. We're gonna bring our guest fan in very shortly. But just finally Tom, I don't know if you were in the ground early enough 
uh, to see the American owners come on the pitch. Uh, so I've, I've brought my little flag home. They, they put a flag on every home seat in the stadium and also, for some reason, on the press seat. So I've got my own own the North Carlisle United flag. Um, obviously, I, it's not really our, our concern, but I found it really weird. <laughs> like, like It was really ever ever so Sangardes minus the guitar, the way the whole family came on the pitch, jumping around and waving at the crowd. Um yeah, did did uh, let's hope that Carlisle's takeovers go better than our ones have over the last decade or so. I think, uh, yeah, they were playing "Sweet Caroline" and "Take Me Home, West Virginia." And phone phone fingers a, everywhere, and that. Yeah, there was a bloke near the away end who had like an American top hat, and and every time the Charlton fans were giving it to the Carlisle fans, he was just getting his American flag up and waving it like that was some sort of comeback. It was very, <laughs> and this was a grown man. This wasn't a kid. Very, very strange. I have to say, in the build-up, the atmosphere behind their goal, where they were all bouncing around to uh, whatever it was, Zombie Nation or whatever it was, was pretty good. But um, yeah, like I say, all that atmosphere went flat as soon as the game kicked off. And like you said there, I kept looking at that bloke in his top hat and I was like, where are you going to be in two years when these American owners realise Carlisle are not going to make it to the Premier League (laughs) and they just want to sell up and get rid? Are you going to be still there in your little American stuff? But uh, yeah, bless them. It was, um, but it's it's obviously a big day for them, um, and obviously I don't wish an owner to come in and ruin a club. But I think maybe they're being a little bit naive, but too many times that I'm being a bit more cynical. I don't know. So yeah, let's see what they. Yeah, it was I, had, I, I missed the guitar. I never thought <laughs> I'd say that, but I missed the guitar. <laughs> yeah, I had, I had a conversation with the. Some of the local press up there just, I, I, just, I was, I came in and said, I'm really cynical about this sort of stuff. So it, forgive me if I ask a lot of funny questions, but what's, what's the deal with this lot? And they were like, oh, no, it's great, it's great. You know, they, they've said all the right things so far. I was like, yeah, but you know, I could come in and say all the right things. I, I could come and wave at the fans on the pitch. So I hope it, I hope it turns, I hope it turns out well for them because I've got nothing against Carlisle as a club, and I, I enjoyed our trip up yesterday. Um, but yeah, I was sort of cringing myself inside out when I, when I saw him coming on the pitch. And like, I don't know if you've ever seen that old video of like the Microsoft launch or something where you got some middle-aged bloke throwing around his fist like they've just won the World Cup or something. And at least one of the owners was doing that on the pitch yesterday. I was like, oh, crikey. Um, yeah, ho- hopefully it doesn't go south as, as these things always seem to do. Uh, right. Well, someone who didn't go south yesterday is our guest fan, uh, Martin Flynn. He went very much north. Uh, with me on on the train to Carlisle yesterday. I've been trying to get Martin on as our guest fan for a while, and, and he's going to join us uh, now. So there is Martin Flynn, um, good Hello. friend of mine, but a, a season ticket holder, goes to away games uh, as well. How, how did you enjoy yesterday's trip, Martin? Uh, well, first of all, it was a long old day, wasn't it? <laughs> <laughs> um, but yeah, yeah, it was a good trip, actually. Uh, a nice, Carlisle's quite a nice area, and um, it's a nice, nice tra- train up there as well. Um, so I quite enjoyed it. The ground, ground's kind of old-fashioned, and I was quite impressed how how big it was. And um, there was, yeah, there was like a, quite a good fight. But like with their takeover, you could tell there was a good fight amongst their supporters as well. So uh, it was a good day. Um, but I think I mentioned to you on the um, on the train coming back home uh, during the second half, around seventy minutes, it went really quiet. And then someone in the um, Charlton end just shouted out. USA, like the, the really just strong American accent, which did amuse me. So, um, but no, like like you say, like you know, they're, they're obviously very very excited. But we we know ourselves what it's like with t- some of the takeovers we've had. But um, good luck to them because again, on the train back last night, we was chatting to a couple of their supporters, and they they were like really grounded and down to earth. And so yeah, they seem like a really really good club. So fair play to them. 
Yeah, certainly. Um, uh, tell us your thoughts on, on, on yesterday's game. Um, obviously, one all draw, like I say, you, you were up there in person. And... Yeah, well, to be honest, I think you guys have covered most of it. I think really what Tom said at the start of the, the show was, was really pretty accurate. I thought the uh, first half was, was a little bit of a slow burner. Charles were having good, comfortable possession, but didn't really fashion too many chances other than the one where Corey hit the bar. Uh, and then just before half time, um, Carlisle did have a, a couple of sort of half chances, which was was a little warning sign at that point. Uh, but I thought when we come out second half, we we did sh- like look like we were showing more intent going forward, like we like, like we're really going to push on and try and get the goal. And uh, to be fair, it was was a good build build up play, like you say, made down to Watson on the on the right, and then a nice cut back to Corey. And it was a really well worked goal. And I thought at that point. Right, oh, this is this is good. We look we're looking good now. We we need to go on and try and finish the job right here and now because we we've got the momentum. But it didn't happen. Um, they they kind of uh, hit us on, on a bit of a break, and actually, in in some some extent, they kind of almost recreated the goal that 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 we scored. You know, they went down the wing and cut the, cut the ball back, and I think that did stun us a little bit. Um, and then I was saying to my friend uh, sitting next to me. We were both looking at each other, thinking this has actually become quite an open game now. Even though I think Charlton still looked looked more likely, um, as Tom was alluding to, you know, Carlisle could still nick something and, and come away with a win. So, yeah, it was a, it was a, it was a funny old game. Like, like I did feel, I came away and felt like it was two points dropped. I felt like we we were the better better team overall in terms of quality. Um, but that, I think, like a lot of people said, we, we wasn't kind of ruthless enough to put the game to bed. Um, partly because, as you guys mentioned, Lebron did did struggle a little bit in that game. I don't, don't know why. Like um, you know, he, he's very good on with the ball at his feet, but uh, I felt like he kind of <clears throat> sort of fashioned positions, but didn't quite get the shot away like he normally used to. Um, and then May was was playing a lot more out on the right, as you guys said as well, and maybe more central could have could have made a difference there. Moya, hello, mate. Hiya. We was obviously we've been talking about how frustrating it was in terms of the game itself, and a lot of people seem to think that Louis Watson should have been brought on quicker. Yep. In terms of that midfield area, are you are you in the Louis? Okay, so uh, yeah, I think that's a really interesting conversation, and um, my my take was a little bit, yeah, maybe it was Louis Watson should have started. Now I think listening to you guys earlier, and I'm just thinking this through myself, there shouldn't be any reason why Louis Watson and um, the Scotch Pirlo Fraser, but there shouldn't be any reason why them two can't start together in midfield. Now, McGrandles, to be fair to him, I think he's played quite well. With, I thought he played all right yesterday, done well at Portsmouth, and then he got another goal against Sutton Tuesday night. But I think I think Louis Watson is more of a creative player. He's got he's got like clever tricks in his bag, and like he can like carve a chance from nothing. McGrandles could possibly be the midfielder who can get you a goal. So, is there you know an argument for start Watson and Fraser? Um, if the game's looking tight and we need that goal, then throw McGrandles on and Michael can say to him, look, go out there, if you get your chance, 
don't be afraid to hit a, hit a shot off, you know, go out there and see if you can make an impact on the game. And that might do him a world of good as well. Because he said in interviews recently, like, he feels like he's not delivered at Charlton and he, and he wants to make an impact. But maybe that's the way, the way we could look at it. Following on from then, uh, that then, Martin, if if we go with that, where where do you think Albie May's best position is, both generally and in this this formation that, that Michael is choosing yeah. to play? Um, I, I think playing Lieber and Furthers forward is the best option. Um, with with May, the way he plays, he likes to run and he does like to cover a lot of ground. Um, so even when Anike was in, he was playing Furthers forward and May was playing deeper. And the first time I saw that at a rally, I was like, hmm, I'm not sure if this should be the other way around. But actually, the, the, it, it worked out quite well, that game. And, and then I realised that, Obviously, May's got the legs in him, and he does does the running. So I do think he does play better as that number ten out of the two. Um, you know, I, I think, I think uh, what Michael Upton says about Miles um, uh, Lieber is, is spot on. Like he does have a lot, a lot of responsibility on his shoulders. He is a very young player, and um, I think we've been uh, sort of very fortunate to see see some of the quality we have seen seen with him. Um, and I, I'm hopeful he'll, he'll, he'll come good for us as well, and in particular that we can try and keep hold of him in January because, you know, to have Alfie May and Miles Lieber in, in his squad is always going to give you a chance of chasing down them playoff places, I think. You know, they're two top-quality players, so, you know, it'll be imperative to, to keep hold of him. And we've got these two home games now. Um, our home form has been pretty good. So hopefully it's a really good opportunity for them to to, to kind of gel a little bit because that, that hasn't happened just yet. But, you know, there's real potential there for that to happen. Yeah, so I mean, your comment about the playoffs there, Mark, sort of leads me into into the last question. Obviously, seven points off, off, off the playoffs, seven points uh, above the relegation zone. Are, are we are we contenders this year? Are we mid-table fodder? Well, I mean, everything's just smacks of mid-table at the moment. I mean, even the form guide, last six, I just had a quick look. We've won two, drawn two, and lost two. So it's just, it's, it's like everything's kind of like mid, mid-table. Um, but I don't, I don't think like we, we have some good players in that squad, but we've just got to take it, take it up a notch. You know, I mean, we should have been more ruthless yesterday and finished that, that game off. Um, if we can pick up, you know, two wins out of two in the next game, then it won't seem a bad point. But it's, it's also a big if because we've not been delivering like wins, you know, week in, week out. So um, I think I think we're still in a, a reasonable position. Um, I think, again, Tom made another really good point, like at this stage of season, um, we're, and touch wood, we're not like heavily hit with injuries. And the fact that we're kind of debating like, Who's who's our best options in midfield? That's a kind of a you know that's a, that's a healthy like debate you want to want to have. Really, you want to have them options, and you're going to need your squad to be pushing um, up the league to try and make a playoff playoff chase. And you know, even like you guys say, players like Ken Campbell, when he played the first handful of games, I thought he looked like a tricky little winger. So like, you know, we may we may not have seen the best in, in him just yet. Yeah, anyway, but we could like. Be dependent on him a bit later in the season as things go on. So there's still a lot of football football to play. I think we're in, we're in, we're in kind of touching distance, uh, but I do really really think these next two home games are crucial because if if we can pick the points up there, 
then we like back it back in it and we keep a bit of momentum going. Um, I even, I even think like the two cup competitions at the moment, the draws that we've been given are like interesting ties and because we need to build that momentum, I, I personally would like to see us try and win both of them games just to, you know, come out of two league games, two cup games with maybe three or four wins out of them. That would be that would be good and then we really build that momentum because that's what we did with Borja the season we went out. We were, we were still like chasing the playoffs but we started to build in momentum and the confidence was growing and the, the supporters were getting into it and that and you know, that momentum builds and builds. So, you know, it's not impossible for that to happen yet. Yeah, and I'm hoping... I, I sort of agree with what you said about the cup games as well because I remember obviously this time last year when we were having that, that great fun in the EFL Cup with the Brighton games and the Man United game later on in the season. That actually probably masked a lot of the disappointment about the league season because we're all a little bit up for that. So it, it probably does help... Uh, with morale uh, as well. Right, Martin, uh, been an absolute pleasure. Uh, thanks for being our guest fan this week. And uh, yeah, hopefully I'll see you on Tuesday down at the Valley for, for the game yeah, of Cheltenham Town. Do. Cheers, guys. Have a good one. Cheers, we go. There's Martin Flynn, Flynn Diesel, uh, this week's uh, guest fan uh, on Cheltenham Live. A few good comments have come in. And Dean's saying that um, uh, Paul Simpson's interview after the game is a good watch. Apparently he's purring about how Cheltenham and how we play. Uh, I mean, Radio Cumbria were very complimentary about us when I was speaking to them at half-time yesterday. Um, Nath, uh, it's, 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 I find it frustrating when other fans tell us how good we are when we're sat in mid-table. Well, does it show there's a little bit of potential to be higher up, maybe? Maybe, but I remember Cambridge purring about Ben Garner's team and that didn't work out that well. So in terms of how expansive we were, I just think it's easy to come out and say that when you don't lose a game. Um, if we won 5-0, we wouldn't have come out and said that, would he? Um, but yeah, I guess I think we all know that we on our day we can be. I just think there's too many days where we don't know which one's going to turn up. And I think that's what the difference is, and that's why a lot of us, is, a lot of this season, is looking like it's mid-table fodder or whatever it is. Um, but yeah, no, I think you know, I'm not, I don't think we're a bad side. I do think I do enjoy watching us play sometimes. I just think it's just frustrating in terms of how we give other teams legs up, a leg up rather. That's the most frustrating thing. Um, but yeah, you can take some, I don't know, if you want to take some confidence from that, then, you know, very easily please. But uh, um, I'd rather have the three points and him not said anything, if I'm being honest. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Um, Paul Davenport uh, says, Carlisle's new owners from Jacksonville, yeah, and uh, perhaps they're fed up with the Florida heat. I wouldn't be surprised if they've spoken to the Khans, who own the Jaguars and Fulham. I hope it works out for them. But obviously the Khans are surely like massively different circles in terms of the amount of money. Otherwise, otherwise these guys... Uh, wouldn't have been buying Carlisle. <laughs> that's just that's just a fact of it. Um, but yeah, they they run like a logistics company in, in in the states. But again, let's not get too too much into something we don't really know a great deal about. Bradley saying uh, January will be telling who goes uh, and who comes in. If we're near the playoffs, uh, will they spend and, and and have a good go? And I guess that's that's a question that's still uh, to, to be answered. Another one of which from all hell let loose is how can we be at mid table with League One's top scorer in the team? Is it because our defence uh, is crap? He puts um, yeah. Is that is that is, is that the reason we're not we're not storming the league, Tom? Well, it has to be, doesn't it? Yeah, if uh, we're scoring plenty of goals, I think. You look at the table and the goals scored, we're up there. But the goals conceded is up there too. So, yeah, it's maybe not quite as simple as just that. But basically, as a team, we can't defend. And as a team, we're pretty good going forward. So, uh, and then on a day like yesterday, where where we do only concede the one goal, we, we don't score the two. So, we're just, I think, as Nath just said there, it feels like we're just shooting ourselves in the foot a little bit too too much. I think there aren't many teams 
I can think of this season who've just beaten us pretty handily without us giving them a, a leg up or whatever it was they've said. I think most of them we've kind of gifted. And they're probably one or two, but most of them have been have been our own fault. And if you look at that, again, that's why I say if we're not careful, we're going to look at sort of get to March, April, and it's all going to be our own fault that we're not able to make the playoffs. But I think that point from, from Bradley is interesting because, as as Martin said, we've got Cheltenham at home, which, of course, not a walkover. We've got Cambridge at home next, so back-to-back. If we can continue our home form and get a two or three wins at home between now and Christmas, we could be three or four points off playoffs going into the January window. And if that's the case, again, that gives uh, Mevin a chance to put his money where his mouth is, his money where his mouth is, and say, well, do you know what? Yeah, we are going to show some ambition because this is a team that with two or three canny signings in January could push on. So it'll be interesting to see what happens. Obviously, we've got a few games between now and then. But um, yeah, it, the defence primarily has been the issue. And we've known that since, uh, yeah, pretty much since day one. Look at that. Two days up north and he started using the word canny. Um, <laughs> you've been assimilated into the into the culture really well there, Tom. Um, Cheltenham coming up Tuesday at the Valley. Uh, Naif, so they, they lost 10 of their first 12 league games, drawing the other two. They went, I think, a record amount of games without scoring a goal before finally scoring their first league goal of the season on the 7th of October uh, in a one-all draw with um, with Derby County. Uh, but they've won three of their last five, including beating Oxford um, at the uh, at Wadden Road yesterday. Uh, so they've hit form just at the right time. Daryl Clark's obviously gone in there and, and, and seems to have done a, a good job. So um, I don't think banana skin's fair. I mean, so I, I think it was Michael pointed up earlier in the chat that we've never beaten Cheltenham. Um, so... Ne- ne- never a bad time to put a-, a run like that to an end, but yeah, again, that they they've just turned into Barcelona just in- as it's time to come to the valley, unfortunately. Yeah, well, obviously they went like you said; they went through that early bit of the season where they just couldn't buy a goal, couldn't score a goal, and they've had a bit of a turnaround. But Rob Street scored yesterday and then got sent off, so that's a uh, that's a uh, one less strike we got to worry about from the prolific Cheltenham. Um, but. Like it's like Carlo, you've got to win these games. Is it a banana skin? I don't know. Every game's a banana skin with Charlton, it seems, this recently. So I'm not going to get uh, too confident. It's a game that we should win. I think we will win, um, judging by um, what we've got into on, on paper. But games aren't won on paper, and it's about moments in games and whether we manage those moments correctly. So if we take if we're firing on all cylinders, like if we're talking about a Wigan performance, Wigan first half, if you're like that, you're gonna, we'll be doing very, very well at half time. Um, but yeah, it's just about staying concentrated. I think we're gonna have a lot of the ball. I can't see them coming out and being expansive and making the pitch big. I think it's gonna be a very tight game, and that's why I think Louis Watson needs to play, or I think he will play in terms of just for that reason. So, um, yeah, they've come into a bit of form, but um, these are our home games, and we're very good at home. And we should, we should be winning these games fairly comfortably. This and Cambridge, to be fair. Yeah, and as all hell let loose points out, if, uh, if if we're not doing the business in the first half, Nathan can just go down the front and hurl abuse at the players like he like he's done recently, and that and that's got the reaction that we needed from them. Uh, what would what, you reckon, Tom? I mean, uh, Nathan said Louis Watson coming in there. Is any any changes you'd like to see uh, from from the side on, on Tuesday? Uh, it's, it's obvious, I think, that we have to go and we win this game just just to make sure we're back on track and to take advantage of these home games where you know we've not been awful at home this season, especially especially recently. Yeah, I think look the back the back four sadly in the same consistency point I've always made. Um, uh, what I'd like to see in the midfield, and I put this in our in our little chat earlier, is 
I'd like to see Dobbo, Watson and May. May get that number 10 back and then have Tyrese and Corey either side of Miles. I don't think he's going to do that. I think probably McGrandles or Fraser is going to start. I agree with Nath. Watson has to come in. So you're looking at Dobson, uh, Watson and, and one other. Uh, and May probably still out wide. I'd like it to be May in the 10, as I say. So I don't know. Maybe if he goes with that, then Tyrese comes in from the start. If not, he's an option off the bench. I don't think I don't think Tedich is going to replace Miles. Uh, and so, yeah, I don't think there'll be huge, huge changes. Um, but we're back at home. We've got a good home record. Play a little bit more on the front foot. Take some of those chances. And despite their upturn in form, this is still a game that we should be going in to win exactly like yesterday was. So, uh, yeah, let's, uh, yeah, I can't see a huge host of changes, but it's, it's definitely a winnable game. Excellent. Right. Uh, we've run out of time on this week's Charlton Live. Thanks for everyone who's tuned in. Uh, in the live YouTube uh, chat or via the podcast or the catch-up on YouTube afterwards. Make sure you subscribe to us on our YouTube channel. I want to get those uh, subscription numbers up to about 1,500 sooner rather than later. So hit subscribe uh, right now uh, and then you'll never miss another live show. Don't forget, we'll be back on Thursday where we'll look back at the game uh, against Cheltenham and then be previewing the game against Jills uh, in the FA Cup, which will be a, a good one. But thanks for everyone who's tuned in. Thanks to Martin, who was our guest fan uh, earlier on. Massive thanks, as always, to Nath and to Tom. Good to see you guys. Cheers, gentlemen. Excellent stuff. So I'm Louis Meadows. Thanks to lis- uh, for listening to Charlton Live, sponsored by the British Institute, a kitchen, a bedroom and a bathroom installation. We shall see you again on Thursday. <laughs>Mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply.